Amen, amen. Thank God for the reading of his word. This message this morning is called The Road to Emos. If you're from the Philippines, The Road to Emos is Kabite, all right? I don't know, maybe it's a good way to be reminded what it is. But I would like to talk about this passage here because you are going to associate a lot with what I'm about to share with you today. Because this road to Emos, the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emos, was one of the most discouraging times to God's disciples. And so when we talk about discouragement, some of us experience it once in a while, right? Some of us probably all the time. Little thing can just trigger it and you're discouraged, all right? It's just the weather. Oh, no, right? Some people, they're like, they're like that, all right? But some people, once in a while, they get discouraged. But what are some of the reasons why people get discouraged? To some of these students, your grades are going to show you, oh, no, I'm grounded, all right? To some of you, you may be discouraged because you realize your results from your doctor is coming back. Like I realized with my wife, we went on, we went on a cruise. Our, our kids gave us a cruise last year. We came back. We saw the doctor. Oh, no. Our cholesterol went up. And that's why we're right now on cholesterol medicine. We're paying for that, right? Depressing, right? Some of you, maybe this morning, you went to the, uh, what do you call that, that uh, weighing scale? You've been working for months, right? And just because of one holiday, all right? And right now, those months of hard work, hasn't paid off. It's coming back with you again, and you're discouraged. So what are some of the reasons why people are discouraged? Let me give you four areas where people usually get discouraged. And everybody goes through this, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. Let me just see if we can remember some of these things. What about when you're tired, fatigue? Folks, when you're tired, it's easily a, a, a symptom for you to become discouraged. Well, what happens? When you're tired physically and emotionally and exhausted, Everything looks like what? Oh, everything looks so bleak. Why? Because emotionally and physically, you just nothing more to give. Especially when you're going through projects. You're halfway through, and it's not yet finished. Maybe it's taking you for more, over a year. You can be discouraged. All right? I remember I was working, working on a, an expense form. You had to this office. And I was learning this. And, you know, you, you just, I work like for three hours just to put the expense forms, my, my travel, all right? I felt so good. And somebody called, so I, had, I took up the phone, and I was over. When I got back, it says, your session has expired. I didn't save it. I was discouraged. I felt like, my, you know? I was tired. I was really tired because one of the things I hate is those little things. and I, That's one of the things I don't enjoy doing. But I was discouraged. Well, some things can discourage because you're tired just working on some things. Household chores left undone. Do you get discouraged, ladies? You just see the pile of dirty clothes, laundry, and then your wife says, you're like a snake. But you leave all your clothes around, you know? So when you pile it up there, even it becomes bigger, right? I'm saying, I don't know. You just, you just feel like, man, I'm just tired. And you're discouraged today. I don't know what's making you discouraged. Maybe right now you're physically tired and you're discouraged. Let me give you a second area you could be also discouraged. Frustration. When did you become frustrated? It's when some of your dreams are broken. You've got plans, well-laid plans, and all of a sudden it doesn't happen. You were planning to do this. Something happened and 
bam, it's broken. And because of this, you're just disheartened. Or even unexpected turn of events. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe some of you have been turned down. Maybe some of you have, have, have expecting that you'll be well, but as of now you're not. But you're just frustrated to the fact that things are not going well. There's so many unfinished tasks and it's piling up, right? You're just getting frustrated. Where am I going with this? Discouraged. Oh, here's another one that people like to be discouraged about. Failure. What happens when you fail? When you started to see the th- things that you thought that would give you success are starting to crumble. Failure when you feel like, okay, what's going to happen now? Am I, am I a loser? You go to self-pity. What else? You start to blame others. Because of them, say, why did you do this? And you start to blame other people. You go to the blame game. Failures. What about fear? Fear of what people would think. Ah, you are a failure. See, I told you, you can never make it. See, I told you. There's fear of what people can, will think. What about fear of taking responsibility? Okay, what now? Am I going to be doing this? Am I ready for this? Can I really handle it? And therefore, there's this fear in your life. And all of a sudden, you feel this discouragement just, just filling you up. And your joy is just depleting. Now, folks, let me ask you. Does this sound familiar? Oh, so you Christians are also going through this? Yes, we all go through this. I get discouraged. Really? I should do. So do you, all right? But the difference here is that we have the Lord. So let me talk to you about this road to Emus. Emus. This was one of the most discouraging roads to take. Let me share with you what happened. It was during the week. Everything was going well. Remember? Christ, there's the triumphal entry. But then right there, they saw what was taking place. Christ was being tried. He was crucified. And then... They said he rose again from the grave. Somehow they were saying, well, we haven't seen the body. They were going to all kinds of emotions. Can we handle this? So let me share with you that this is one of those times where you and I would be walking that road and you'd be discouraged. Remember those times when you got out from a, from a crisis? Maybe from the hospital? All by yourself? That road from the hospital to that parking lot can be one of the most discouraging times. Maybe from the cemetery, back to your car, a short road. It could be from the courthouse, where a divorce was taking place, and you're going back. Or even that road wherein you are traveling right now, you realize, I'm going to life by myself. By the way, the disciples were feeling this, and let me share with you how they handled this. Notice here. And the road, they were discussing they were disillusioned. Why were they disillusioned? For the first time, he's saying, what has happened here? We put our faith and trust in this leader, Jesus Christ. Where is he now? Their emotions were working through to the point they say, what is happening? And folks, one of the things that happens when you're discouraged, you overanalyze. Have you noticed that? Some of you like to overanalyze. You're even thinking ahead what is going to happen. And when you're in the middle of something that is unstable and you keep on overanalyzing things, you will be discouraged. What were they doing? They were discussing. You know, I believe that road from, uh, from Jerusalem to Emo seven miles, if you are a healthy person, that would probably take you just maybe less than two hours. All right? If you are a good walker. 
But if you're somebody, you probably would be depressed and you'll be discussing. Have you ever noticed people when they're walking and they're discussing with one another? You could see their, their voice getting loud and something, they would stop. You know, you know what scares me? When people are discussing when they're driving. Have you noticed people doing that? I've seen people when they're driving. I said, I said stick to the road. You know, you can see back and forth, and, you, and the wife, it's, it's just horrible. And when people are angry, you can see how they drive. It's even worse, because sometimes they take the anger when they're driving, all right? They were dissolution. In other words, notice this. They were overanalyzing, they were going back and forth. The word that is used here is that they were heavily discussing what took place. Because they said, what is happening here? Why do we have to go through this? Is this right? And say for they were disillusioned. What else? Folks, I believe they were also fearful for their lives. They started to head back. They started to leave Jerusalem where the Christians were gathered. They started to leave. Maybe they're trying to go away for, safe, for safety purposes. They were fearful for their lives. What else? I believe they were also overloaded. They were also tired. If you see what is happening to somebody you love and care for, and you see what's taking place, their emotions were overloaded. It says, I can't take it anymore. Why add some more? And now you're telling me he's alive? Please, please, tamana, it's enough. We've gone to this. You're trying to lift up our hearts? They couldn't believe that Christ was alive. We haven't seen his body. And are you playing with our emotions? They were tired. What else? They were lonely. There are only two of them going back alone. Folks, discouragement can be one of the most loneliest times in a person's life. And let me share with you what I believe is somehow some of the things that we can learn from this that has really caused, I would say, one of the most difficult parts. Open to Luke chapter 24. There was something that took place here when you're discouraged because I believe the effect of discouragement is greater than what you and I can probably even realize. Look at the impact upon their lives. Let's look from scriptures. Starting from verse, Luke chapter 24. I'm going to start from verse 14. It says here, as they talked and discussed, verse 15, with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Here is the key verse. But they were kept from recognizing him. One of the things can happen when you discourage is that you don't see Jesus Christ in the midst of your discouragement. Am I correct? What happens? You become overwhelmed for what's happening. Even to the point when I'm saying overwhelmed, you don't see, says, God, is there, are, are you here? Do you really see what's happening to me? Do you really care? What, what bothered me when I, when I look at this, it says, is it really possible for somebody not to see Jesus Christ? If he's in our midst? Is it possible that you can be in church and still not see Jesus Christ? It's possible. You could be singing songs song here. Your heart is not here. You're just here because you just have to be here. Some of you may be praying, but your prayers are so empty because you're saying, Lord, I don't know, do you really answer prayers? God, I've been praying so hard, but you know, something's not happening in my life, in my family. I've been asking for this. And you don't see Christ. It says, I don't see God here. I don't see him. And, and they couldn't see Christ. 
in the middle of what was happening. Why? Could it be they were so engrossed with their own situation? Folks, when we focus too much upon ourselves, we don't see God. When we start to think that we can wrestle it among ourselves without God, sometimes some of us are so humanistic that we can do things as though we can solve it by ourselves. So that's why you overanalyze. Let me plan out. Okay, let me do this thing this way. Even to the point you even think, okay, maybe it's going to happen like this. But in the midst of all of this, do we really recognize that God can intervene on our behalf? See, first of all, they couldn't see Christ. Let me ask you, can you see Christ in the midst of what you're going right now? If not, then I know you're discouraged because you don't see Christ in the picture. What else? Let me share with you a second reason why they became discouraged. Notice here. They got away from Jerusalem. Have you noticed this? They were in the fellowship of believers, but where were they going? I'm going home. Lord, I'm going home. I'm going back to where I came from. I'm going back to my comfort zone. Folks, one of the, one of the signs of a discouraged Christian, they get away from fellowship. They'll stop coming to church. As a matter of fact, they make all kinds of excuses not to show up in church. Why? Because they're discouraged. So if you notice here, they got away from Jerusalem to Emos. They should have been with other believers, but say, you know what? We're going home. And sometimes that happens. We have a tendency to be withdrawing. We try to deal with the problem ourselves. And to this, we forget the truth about the Messiah that is real. I pray, folks, that if that's what your response would be, that you would learn that that doesn't resolve your discouragement. That will continue to keep you even more discouraged. What else? If you notice from verses 17 to verse 21, follow carefully with me. Then he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still and their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleophas asked, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem and don't know the things that have happened these days? They were surprised. Christ, can't you see what's happening here? But Christ knows how to ask questions to us. He's asking, what's happening in your life right now? What are you talking about? Folks, right now, many of you are probably talking about things that you realize, does God really hear my conversation? Many times he asks those questions that you and I may be able to talk to him and say, okay, God, this is what's happening. Do you have conversations with him or does it draw you away from him? rather than talk to him. But I want you to notice carefully about this, uh, this question. The, it was so intense that when they started to ask these things, they talk about things in the past. Notice, just follow me. It says, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over. See the past tense there? All right? And they crucified him. And verse 21 is one of the verses that I would like you to underline. Look at verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. In other words, they're saying, God, when I look at the past, listen, when I look at this past, things are not going well. And right now they were saying, he was crucified, he was handed over, and you know what? If I look at this, I'm discouraged. Folks, the Lord knew their hearts. Because he knew that they were discouraged. And this is the reason why he was trying to make sure they understand what was going to this. They were living in the past. So how many of you here live in the past? You see, when you live in the past, 
you start to look at your failures. And those things will keep on haunting you. If you can't forgive from the things in the past, it will throw you down to the point it says, listen, that has been forgiven. Why do you still look at that? Why do you still live in the past? Why can't you say, God has a plan for me and I will learn from the past? People who've learned from failures don't live in the past. They learn to move forward and use it as part of the experience to make them a better person. Now let me ask you, how many have been discouraged? Good. How many have been discouraged often? Good. How many have been discouraged less? Okay. Let me, let, me, let me encourage you about something. If you have been discouraged less in your life, there's the greater possibility that you will remain in your discouragement for a long, long time. Because sometimes, if you don't learn it, God will allow you to learn that until you overcome it. But those who have been discouraged in the past, because you keep being discouraged, you, you learn again, you pick up, discourage God, but then you overcome it, what happens? You don't stay longer. Am I correct? You realize, see, when I was a pastor, as a new pastor in New Jersey, my wife knows about this. When people would say something against the pastor and my wife, you can see my wife said, hmm. You know, we can say, can we pray that they just go to hell? You know, like, you're, you're, you are, I'm just saying, you're just, you're easily affected. Little things. I'm saying little things, right? People will say things and all of a sudden you're discouraged. It says, you feel like your, I'm saying your reputation is affected, right? Or when somebody says about something about your, your message, it's too long. <laughs> Boring. Or sometimes you realize that people don't come forward and you pray. And you feel like, God, you know, you're discouraged. Have you ever known, I, I remembered somebody said, you know, about pastors. You, you want to hear what they usually, the pastors get discouraged? Every Monday. Every Monday, they feel like quitting. Talk to pastors. It's not easy to be a minister. You have to understand this. You're, you're on call 24 hours. Then for one little thing, they snap back at you. Why didn't you visit me? <laughs> I didn't know. Why did you know? Nobody told me. <laughs> so they think that you're all-knowing, Right? I'm just saying, my wife knows about that. And sometimes you become discouraged. Folks, you have to understand that those happen to everybody. But what we've learned as you grow older in the ministry, you've gone to all this experience, you know what you say? It shall come to pass. Ah, that's normal. Yeah? They'll get over it. The person left, they'll come back. You know, in the, in the past... Or if not, you know, if, if they leave, you know, I even say, thank you, Lord. That's a blessed subtraction. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, why? All of a sudden, you learn to what? You learn to trust the Lord. But it's not until you've been through the discouragement that you've learned. And folks, these people were living in the past. They felt like maybe this thing will just keep pulling them down. They need to start looking to where God has a purpose for them. But then let me look at verse 20 to verse 23. The thing here that we have to understand is that it also causes us to question God's care. If you notice from verse 20, the chief priests, they were talking about what was happening with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ had to make them make sure that they understood what the scripture was all about. Folks, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us, 
He was teaching them from the word of God. He was showing them from the book of Moses, all but the prophets, that Christ is present in the scriptures. He was teaching them. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ himself was teaching his disciples about spiritual things from the word of God. And what I'm saying here is this many times you would question God, but yet you haven't spent time reading his word. So many times when you are not close to God, when you're discouraged, you start to question what God can do in your life. It causes us even to be discouraged. It happens when things don't go our way. We start to find faults. Right? When we start to think that the problem is greater than our God, your problem becomes big and your God becomes small. Or do you say, my God is so big, my problem is small. Here the Lord Jesus Christ started to point to them the scripture so that they might be encouraged. So what does Christ do with them? He shows them the scripture. But I want you to look at verse 25. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to heart to believe that all the prophet has spoken. In other words, how foolish you are to remain in your discouragement, to look at your past, to look at your present condition, to analyze things yourself. Why don't you look to where? To me and to my word. I can encourage you. If you just see me in terms of what I can be doing for your life. You see, discouragement can blind us from seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is what he had said to say. He says, did not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his what? You know what he was telling them? Believers, listen carefully. If there's going to be a resurrection, there needs to be what? A crucifixion and death. If you are going to be following me, listen carefully. It's not always about victory. There will be times that we have to go to what? To trials. The road to the resurrection needed to go to the road of death. The road of encouragement also means you have to go to the road of what? Discouragement. But let me share with you the most important thing here. And if there's something you have to remember is this point here. The Lord is not going to take away the roads that you and I will be walking through. But you know what? He promises, I will walk with you. What I'm saying, there's something you need to listen carefully this morning. The Lord will not take away those problems in our lives many times. But he will allow you to go to this life right now, to this, this purpose that you're going through, the road you take with you. But the thing is this, let me walk with you. So I don't know what you're walking through right now in your life. But you know, if we just look up to the Lord, says, God says, let me hold your hands, and I'll walk with you through. You know, one of the things that I like as a child, when I was growing up, is that when my parents would hold my hands and help me cross that street because I was, as I was scared, well, as long as I know that my Lord is holding my hand, I'll be okay. Lord, as long as I go through life, as long as you hold my hand, I will be okay. And so how do we resolve this? And let me just put it in a nutshell. If we are going to overcome discouragement, let me make sure it, it boils down to the following here. First of all, make sure. If you're tired, what should you do? Rest your bodies. Sunday is the Lord's day of rest. Am I correct? Folks, take your Sabbath. If some of you are working too hard, make sure you spend some time with the Lord. It's not always just about working. 
Make sure you spend time to refresh your body because one of these days it will pay off. But if you're not resting, folks, you will be filled with tiredness. You can be overloaded. Make sure you rest your body. Second, what you need to do, learn to reorganize your life. Maybe your priorities in life are not in the right place. Maybe you've been focusing so much on things that may not be honoring to the Lord. Maybe you're focusing on that material thing. Listen, what if God doesn't give it to you? Does it mean that everything falls apart? No, he may have some better plan for you. Reorganize to the fact that you need to make sure you're doing the right thing. What do I mean by reorganizing your life? Listen to this statement here. It doesn't mean that you're doing the wrong thing, but rather that you are doing the right thing in the wrong way. In other words, in your desire to provide for your family, all right? Is that right? Say amen. However, if you have to get three or four jobs to provide for your family, just because you have to have this big mansion, and you have no time for your kids and going to church, what's wrong about that? I'm providing for my family. But it's just not about providing for your family a house. What do you need to provide? All the other areas. Emotional, spiritual strength. It's the kind of priority we have. And you know what happens? And you pray for your house, and all of a sudden, God does not provide? Really? Or it's because you have this amount of money and you overextended yourself. God said, I have already provided, but look at how you spend your money. You spend way above your means. So God may be reorganizing our life because our priorities may not be right. Amen? Folks, why am I saying this? We live in a very materialistic society. The great American dream is destroying a lot of Christians today. Can I say it again? The great American dreams is destroying a lot of Christians today. Why? Because all of a sudden, we put more focus on the American dream than what? Than honoring and serving the Lord. I like a pastor. He just, he just, uh, he just blessed my heart. He said, this pastor is a pastor of a large church. I won't even, I won't even tell you the church. You probably know this church. He says, when he comes in, he drives this old Toyota. And people say, pastor, why don't you buy a a brand new Toyota. It looks like, you know, you're not being provided for. I said, oh, I like this car. You know, when I park, nobody wants to park beside it. <laughs> Why? doesn't have radio. You know, it doesn't have a CD. You know, it's, it's bumped, it's scratched all over the place. I can park anywhere. As a matter of fact, even if I leave it open, nobody wants to steal it. <laughs> Second, it's all paid up for. What else? The nice thing about this car is that I can drive anywhere. You know, if you have a nice car, sometimes you might like, don't want to drive some of these places, right? He said, I can drive anywhere, anytime, live in any place, and I don't worry about that. You know what he said? I'm going to drive this car until it breaks down. You know, that pastor blessed my heart. Because I can be material, right? He says, you know what? I think I like that car over there, you know? As a pastor, maybe God, God, you need to bless me with that car, right? Listen, no, no, I don't have to be that way because if I know my priorities are right, I don't have to put it on those things, amen? Run those cars until they can be used for the Lord. You have more money to serve the Lord. Third, resist discouragement. Resist discouragement, it's a choice. You know what? You can look at the situation and be discouraged, am I correct? You could be here and say, you know what? 
we can never pay up our debts. You know what? You'll never pay up your debts. Or you can say, you know what? We will pay out our debts. We will make sure it's going to happen. Yes, we can learn from this. We've got bankrupt. But you know what? God is showing us. We will repay them back. You can take the choice or be what? Depressed. What else? Here's the point here. Remember that God will help you. Just ask him. Just ask him and he'll give you the energy that you need. And lastly, rejoice for getting out of your comfort zone. Sometimes God is going to get us out of a comfort zone so we can learn to trust him. Sometimes God is going to get us away from the things that we thought would be okay with us just for us to be able to say, Lord, am I willing to trust you? Because we can only do this all by the grace of God. So let me close with this illustration. An illustration that I believe will, will remind us that we need to go back immediately. If you notice here, right after that took place, they went back immediately to Jerusalem. In other words, folks, once you experience what God is doing in your life, don't stay where you are. Go back. Go back to Jerusalem. Go back to the fellowship. Go back where you can be a blessing to others and also encourage others. But remember this, all of this, all by the grace of God. Folks, God will see through all because of his grace. Well, there was a story about, uh, you won't find this in the Bible, right? Maybe you've heard this, then just, just listen to it, all right? It says, St. Peter's was at the heaven's gates, all right? And every person that comes in is asked about what do they bring in order, to, in order for them to make it to heaven, all right? So what happens is that this guy comes in and says, all right, St. Peter, I'm here. I'm ready to come in. Tell me what it means for me to get in. It says, do you have a thousand points? A thousand points? Yeah, a thousand points of doing things for the Lord. Well, all right. Well, I, uh, I, I am a Sunday school teacher, and I teach a lot of these kids. 25 points. What? For all these years? 25 points long? Okay. Lord, well, I bring food every Sunday, you know, for our potla, potless. You know, I, I feed a lot of people. How many points? 25 points. 25 points for all these years? Okay, Lord, I, I give my tithe, my offering. All right? Uh, St. Peter says, all right, let me give you 25 points. 25 points? I gave you thousands and thousands of dollars? 25 points? He's starting to sweat. 1,000 points. How can he make it to heaven? Okay, Lord, Lord, okay, I, I brought my friends to church too. You know, I bring them in my car. Maybe a lot of points. Okay, I'll give you another 25 points. 25 points! He was sweating. I need 900 points to make it to heaven. 900 points! And he was sweating, he was fearful, said, I'm never going to make this. He says, you know what, St. Peter's, by the rate I'm going, it is only by the grace of God that I will be able to make it to heaven. And Peter said, that was 900 points. <laughs> if you make it into heaven. Folks, let me share this with you. The Bible says, in our strength, we will find it because of God's grace. And you, if you are weak and discouraged, remember this. It's God's grace that will see us through. It's God's grace and strength that will give us the capability to handle discouraging situations. You can never do it on your own. But remember this, when you ask God, he will come in. The story says, it was only when they recognized Christ, when he asked, they asked him to come in. Christ never forced himself on those people. 
He doesn't force himself on you or me. But when they asked him to come in, he was willing to come in and be with them. God is willing to do that with you and with me as well if we recognize that we need the Lord today. So whatever you're going through, remember, focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, every heads are bowed and every eyes are closed. I have a few questions for you to ask between you and the Lord. This is your time with the Lord this morning. If Jesus were walking with you today for just a few miles, what would you talk, be talking to him about? Why don't you tell him what is in your heart right now? I don't know what it might be, but God knows what you're going through. Tell him. He's there to listen to you. Maybe this morning you just feel lonely and discouraged. And somehow you just feel somebody to be with you. Would you please invite him? Say, Lord, come with me. I don't want to be alone. He says, I will be with you. Maybe my question this morning is, have you had that spiritual encounter with the Lord that there's a burning in your heart? Or has it become so cold that everything is just ordinary and routine, but that passion and burning is not there? Would you like to ask God, say, God, would you please restore that burning in my heart that I really know that you're real, that my relationship with you is something so intimate that I just look forward to my time with you. Would you ask God just to bring that intimacy back with you? Maybe this morning he says, Lord, I've never yet invited you into my life. Maybe that's the reason why I'm so discouraged because I've been doing things my own way. But this morning he says, God, I want you. I need you. I don't want to remain in my discouraged state. But this morning I want to have the victory that is found through Christ Jesus. So would you just please follow me simply in a prayer and say, Lord, just wake me up today. Give me, uh, give me eyes to see who you are, a heart that would burn for you. Give me, Lord, my desire is to be alive in you. So Jesus Christ, come in and take full control of my life today. Come in to be my Lord and my Savior. Show me, Lord, what I can learn from walking with you. But, Lord, thank you most of all. Thank you, Lord, that your word promises that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to take my hands even as I go through life. That I will never be alone. And I claim that even this morning, dear Father. Thank you that you'll help me reorganize my life. You'll help me remember what really is most important. Thank you, Lord. You're going to give me the rest that I don't have to do it by myself. But I can rely on your strength. Thank you, Lord, that I can resist discouragement because you're going to give me the victory. Will you please claim that this morning? And thank God that we have a God who's going to travel with us in a road to Emos. Thank you, God, for who you are and what you mean in our lives today. And we look forward, Lord, even through the many more years of traveling on the road with you, as you show us greater things that we can do together. We love you, and we bless your name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. If God has spoken to you this morning, I just ask that uh, even as we have this
song to be sang. This will be our closing hymn. Whatever it's between, between you and the Lord, let this be your time of, of just saying to the Lord and just thanking Him for the victory that He gives us. And let this be our hymn of dedication.